0: longer living in ink, but ink in this sentence is re, re, is re, referencing your, your old man, your flesh, your feelings, your emotions. And so I want us to recognize that before we go into the message, you know, what does this look like? I also want to prepare you because the message this morning is going to be, um, we're gonna deal with some issues. So I'm going to kind of rip up the floorboards a little bit, but next Saturday, we're going to, um, you know, bring it all back into the heart of God. It's the heart of God now, but in a different way next Saturday. Say, I'm no longer longer living in 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 ink. Amen. I'm no longer living in my flesh. I'm no longer living in my will. You know, those declarations are important because it's easy to fall in those patterns. And it's easy to fall in those processes and it can be difficult without the right, um, supports to get out of them. So this is just a traditional message that we release concerning, um, the, um, presentation. And so I just want to start by looking at this word storytelling, you know, scribal ministry is my thing. And so I kind of see the whole world through the eyes of a writer through the eyes of an administrator, through the eyes of an instructor. So it's hard to um, look at it any other way. If you're a musician, sometimes you see the world through the world through music. If you bake, you have a response for that in your baking. Whatever it is that you do, you probably see the world through that thing. Wouldn't you agree? If you are um, a physician, a lawyer, you're going to see the world and process the world around you. We are all storytellers. We're all storytellers. Every time we receive a phone call, every time we sit down and have a conversation, every time you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're telling a story. You're speaking to yourself and you're speaking to the world in which you influence. Um, In storytelling, there are some words like improvisation, um, fantasy. We talk about literature, examples, memory, author, oral, myths, you know, oral storytelling. We talk about narration. And narration is probably one of my favorite words, because that is the heartbeat of storytelling. We have antidotes. A lot of us have antidotes for everything, good, bad, ugly, no matter what happens in our, in our lives, we have an antidote for it. There's history. We have um, legends, and, you know, I love the legend part, because I've seen people, when they get older, They begin to tell stories of their lives and magnificent things that happen. So storytelling is beautiful, but it can also be horrible if it's built on lies. Lies that we make up about where we are. Lies that we hold on to that we perceive to be truth, but in our warped perception, they are really lies we do this to ourselves every day. I've done it. Even now in my life, I'm walking through things that have been lies, things you believe that happen. You follow what I mean? Per- perceptions you had of what people did to you. What if those things were lies? What if they were warped realities? <laughs> it's, it's so important because God has called us to live in his design. He's not called us to live in the ink that we write. Are you following? Listen, it's, it's imperative that we kind of grasp this today because we think we're okay. And guess what? We're not. We think we're on that safe base. Home, we made a home run and we're back at the home plate and we think, hey, I can just praise. And ignoring all the lies running in our background. God wants to deal with our inward parts. I love storytelling, especially in the form of poetry. I love it in any type of expressive writing. Um, And you need to think of the kind of storytelling you like. You know, are, are people telling you your story and you're believing them? Are you really living in the story that God has for you or the lower one in your mind? Are you following what I'm saying? So that's where we are today and that's what God having us is having us look at. Now at the forefront of this storytelling is deciding whether we're on the side of lies, 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 lies with a little bit of truth. And the other slide, I didn't put this up here, but it had truth, 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 and a big old lie in the center. So (laughs) it's just really interesting about our perceptions and I thank God for people in our lives. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a warped perception. That's not really what is happening here. We need that. We need that. So before we go in, I'm not saying we're that you're bad people. Are you following me? I am saying that our humanity is showing up a little too much and we have to make a decision concerning whether we're going to lean into the truth of us or lean into a lot, you know, I've, I've taught messages about being chosen. We've talked about purpose. We've talked about pulling into the world. We even talked about what you feed yourself with is what, what you will become. If all you do is socialize, there will be very little word. Are you following me? We have to figure out where we stand in our desires. It looks good. But it makes no difference if you're tormented and disfragmented on the inside. We need truth. We need truth. We complain about how life is, but when we look at the life, nobody's living. That's a lie right there. Do you follow what I'm saying? That's a lie. You saying you happy. It's a lie. It's a lie. You have to be honest with yourself about where you are. And I would argue that many of us are living in lies. We're living in lives, lies. So my questions for you this morning, and I always like to ask them, my questions for you this morning is what world have you created in your head about yourself? Are you expecting Prince charming with a fat bank account and you have bad credit, old shoes, like we talked about in the last message and you're expecting all of these things, but you are not lining up with your own desire. What kind of lies are floating around in our head? Hello, Teresa. Is it realism, which is real life? Or is it cloud life fantasy? There's a difference between thinking like Jesus and living like hell. People declare, declare, declare all day long, but there's no visible effort in their lives to change. Their lives are a shipwreck. There's no fruit. Plenty of toasts. Plenty of surfing, plenty of group photos, but it's all a fantasy and a facade. If we're living like that, God wants to heal it because we're creating, um, there was a movie. I can't think of the name of the movie. Oh my goodness. Jim Carrey was in it and he thought he was living in reality the yeah, the Truman show, the Truman show. A friend mentioned that to me the other day and I was like, couldn't get it out of my head. But here we are. What have we told ourselves about ourselves? It is, is it truth, a myth or a lie? I mean, what does the Lord say or has said? I mean, really, really? Well, the Lord hasn't spoken to me about that, but yet you're getting counsel from people, you're you're seeking out knowledge from the prophet, people are giving you feedback, you are showing up every Saturday or Sunday for a message, but we don't know what the Lord is saying. Or if you ask somebody what the Lord is saying and they tell you, you say, well, he didn't tell me that, I'm confused. You just said he wasn't speaking. You just asked for somebody what they said. Then you say, I don't think he'd tell me. What are you hearing then? Somewhere there is a fantasy. Are you following me? And a big old lie. That has to be demolished. Where did the world we have created for ourselves come from? So these are things that I want you to think about as we move forward. So I just want to say that for the sake of defining a lie, we know what a lie is. So I don't want to insult you by going through that, but a lie is basically a a point of deception. We'll just say a point of deception. It's not just words you say that are untrue, right? It's how you live. That's a lie. It's how you think that's a lie. It's how you perceive things that could be a lie. Does that make sense? It's not just a matter of you exchanging words and telling people untruths. If that was all it was, we wouldn't have the the hate that God has for lies. There's seven things that he hates, But I'm telling you, what does he really hate? The lying tongue. And that's powerful when we really understand this. I want to just look at Psalm 51, 1 through 6. This was written by King David. And it's important because King David had, who knew God, had just decided, I'm going to take this man's wife. Bathsheba. So this is when it all hit the fan. <laughs> this is after Nathan had visited him. This is when he is looking at his choices. Listen, he's in the church. Can we say in the church? Can we say he's in the worship team? Can we say he's in the house? Can he, we say he's beloved of God? But look at what he did. Vile. He and here he is. He's he's in a repentant place right now and he said he says have mercy upon me o god according to your loving kindness or according to the multitude of your tender mercies. So somewhere along the way David has gotten truth. This is not about the lie because we know what a lie is. We know we tell lies, we know we live lies. Listen, one of the biggest lies of all is thinking we're okay. Not serving God in the capacity he has called us. There's even a scripture in Samuel said, um, God forbid if I refuse to pray for you and the scripture talks about how that is, it's a sin not to pray for people. It breaks God's heart that we're not broken enough to pray for him. So just think about choosing all the things of the world and putting God last. If you're a believer and a son, guess what that means? You're living a lie. Something in you is not living in truth. Doesn't mean that, listen, I grew up in a generation where you had to look raggedy to be saved. So we're not talking about that. We're not talking, look, we couldn't do nothing. Our salvation was water and bread. So we are not talking about that. We're talking about doing life with Jesus ever present. People should know you say. Not Bible thumping, Bible toting salvation, but they should see the difference. They should see the truth of your life. Listen, I tell y'all all all the time and it hurts me sometimes. I see people posting things on their Facebook and they claim to be prophets and apostles and pastors. And I'm like, how can you even post that? And you think to yourself, they're living a lie. Where's the lie? As long as they've been in ministry, where is the lie? Where is the truth? Where is the truth? But you have to recognize that happens when there's no word, no appetite for it. When there's no worship and the friend circle looks like the ice in the Bible. <laughs> this I, that I. You know what I'm talking about. All your friends are ites. So we have to get to this place where um, we can see ourselves for where we really are, not because of condemnation, but to exchange our places. Jesus made an exchange on the cross, and some of us just need to enter into it. Not looking back at the former things, but the right now, the right now. He says in verse two, he's like, look at all this stuff I've done. God, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. That's rebellion. If you don't know, these are willful decisions we make. This is not accidents. These are choices and decisions. And my sin, specific offenses against God that we know is always before us. David is acknowledging this. Are you a gossip? I'm not a gossip, but you know everything going on in the life of Mariah Carey, Brian McKnight. Look, I'm old school. You, okay, let's, let's, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Cardi B. Oh, my goodness. We know all of that, all of that, but here you go. Can't tell me what God said about to to right now. It's not a calling to know other people's business. I'm telling you it's not. That's a lie. As Jariah say, that's a lie. Oh my God, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sins, specific offenses against God is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done e- done this evil in your sight. See, see, that's the thing. Can you guys get that? We're offending God. Not your leader. How dare you sleep on your purpose? How dare you slip on your purpose? But say, I love God. I love God. But here we are just tapping like all is well, eating, drinking, being merry, and everything around you that you're responsible for is falling apart. But yet you understand how to get up and go to work and how not being there has consequence, but we can't understand this when it comes to our own relationship with God. We just sit and watch TV all day long. I'm tired. I'm tired too. But we have to live according to purpose. We have to. I was telling uh, apostle Pam, I said, you know, I, I haven't slept in 36 hours, but it's worth it. Can I tell you it's worth it? Can I tell you it's worth it? I can always sleep. Now, I can't do that back to back to back to back to back. You follow what I'm saying? But you have to. There are Sacrifices. There are disciplines, the serving God. how you feel is inconsequential. Man, I think I may have mentioned to you guys that I, that my family and I've been through the trial of our lives. We'll never speak of it, but the thing was, it almost broke me. But here I am deciding one day I'm going to live. I'm going to live and it's going to be good. I'm going to live and it's going to be better than good. I'm going to be free of this. I'm going to let this situation go everything because there's work to do. What are my choices? Wallow, let my hair fall out, eat on another 300 pounds. Are you following me? At some point you got to slap yourself. Because there is a letter written about you. And God does not lie. There's sin in your life. Look, clean it up. You're not hiding it from anyone. Don't be fooled against you and you only have I sinned and done evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge did you hear that oh my god we're not gonna teach it don't need to behold i was brought forth in iniquity and in my sin my mother conceived me that's the whole doctrine we need to talk about but we're not going to focus on it today behold you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom we're gonna stop there So if your desire is is real, listen, if your desire for God is real in your inward parts, your desire for truth, then in the hidden part, you will come to know the wisdom of God. Does that make sense? So our words versus what we actually believe begin to manifest. Well, I want all that God wants, but you're not aligning your relationships. You're not spending time in the word. You're not doing the things you know are right. You're just going on the revelation and the prophecy somebody gave you 30 years ago. And you think that's enough. And that prophecy has expired. That word is irrelevant now. There's something new for you right now that God wants. When people start floating, you you have to just let them float. We will exhaust ourselves chasing people that don't want God. Listen, in my life, I let people do them. Friends, family, you have to. You have to, or it will drag you down, exhaust you. Remember I told you guys about this person used to call me all the time for prayer until one day the Lord said to me plainly, you're doing all their work. And they're doing nothing. So when they called me, I was like, you pray. I'll agree. That lasted three days. They stopped calling me. Look, I was the fool, not them. They get, they were like, oh man, she's gonna pray for me. I'm coming in. You sleeping well and I'm tormented." Mm mm. You, we have to make people put in the work. It cost me to be where I am it costs all of us and I'm still growing but I'm not even the same as I was three months ago some people see it some don't but I'm talking here not outwardly that has nothing to do with it when you grow you grow for real Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. You will make me. Make. Change you. Force you. Do you see this guarantee? The only thing God requires is your desire. In your inward parts. When did you lose loving God? When did you stop tasting and seeing that he is good? When did you take your eyes off God and put it all on your selfish self? When poor me, God didn't my prayers. I've been waiting a long time. Wait some more because what he's doing now is better than a thousand years. If we allow him to work with us, are we hearing and getting? I hope we're changing. Don't just say the message was good. Where is your transformation? Where is your metamorphosis? Where is your desire? Where can I see online? Where can I see in your conversation? Where can I see your empowerment? How is your word infiltrating you? David said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Don't go by no hyssop because that's not what that means. That ain't going to help you. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. We have that grace already. And blot out all of my iniquities. We have that. Create in me a clean heart. We have access to that. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. We need that. We need that. And we do need to pray. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I don't know if you know, but the book of Revelation says one day he will leave here. One day Holy Spirit will depart. He will go. Remember in the old covenant, he wasn't dwelling in the earth. Remember that. So this isn't strange. People had to wait for God to send the wind. God is waiting for us to want the win. <laughs> He's waiting for us to want it. I was looking at my life. I've been reflecting on my life a lot. I've been looking at my age and I'm like, "Man, I ain't going to wait till I'm crawling and needing a walker. We got to live. We've got to live." Are we liars? Are you a liar? I want you to think about what you know you're calling to be. That's all of you on the zoom here. I just want you to think about it for a minute. I'm not just talking about saying I'm a prophet. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about your purpose. Do you know what your purpose is? If not, that's the journey that we need to be on right now. Why was I born? Why was I born? Was it to love people? What it, was it to rescue the orphan, the widow? Was, how were you born? Oh my God. I can say why I was born. I'm very clear. Always been clear. I've known who I was and why I was here since 2005. I know that and what you see around me developed, couldn't exist if I didn't. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Can you imagine people t- I remember somebody told me one time you ought to pursue being a professional poet. Um, no, that ain't even for you. But if you want to go and do that, hey, don't pull me into it. Cause that's not my rodeo. No, ma'am. I know why I'm here. Well, that's, old. Oh, everybody's teaching that now. Well, I'm not according. I'm not moving according to everybody. There's a deeper vision for what God has given me. I have a lineage and a legacy to protect. I have a future generation that will never meet me in person that needs whatever I have. I'm building heaven's library in the earth. I'm telling you who you are so you won't have to take the journey that I've had to take. This earth will get everything out of me regardless of who buys it or sells it because it's not about that. I became through what I wrote and I try to tell people that all the time when you pursue what God has given you, you walk out you. You walk out you. How dare us let one negative Betty. I don't even know where that word came from. Heard somebody say it. Let one negative Betty destroy your life. Someone who has no power over you in this life or the next. How dare you? How dare you let you stop you? I don't care if you were hurt. I'm only here because I kept walking through it. Are you guys following? And I'm gonna keep walking. And I just believe that for me, if I am cutting strings and letting people do them to the max, you guys need to do it too. Online and here, I am not responsible for anyone but me. My walk with the Lord. And now I'm giving to my grandkids, of course, but you follow what I mean and what I mean, don't let God close the book and your pages are empty. Your pages are empty. Are we liars? Are we liars? I just want to take a minute and stop talking and just have you um, just consider this for about 30 seconds. Are you good? I want you to consider it. Consider your purpose. Consider whether you're giving everything you should be giving to God. And we'll talk about it afterwards. Amen. Amen. I'm looking for something that I want to read you. Um, maybe I can still, if I find it, I'll, I'll just share it with you, but I want you to, to consider whether or not you have a purpose statement for your life in God. I'm not talking about business. I'm not talking about your next project, your next plan. I'm talking about for you, why you're here what god is trying to get out of you because if we don't know the answer to that we're in trouble and a lot of people are looking for positions they're looking for titles they're looking for opportunities that have nothing to do with what god really wants they really are and we don't want to be in that place Um, a few months ago i went to a um, seminar with a few of us here and it was real good it was on um, branding And I've expounded my branding statement, but my branding statement wasn't about a brand so much as it was about identifying who I was in a short sentence. And so I just want to share it with you because, you know, you all know me. I know who I am. This is a good explanation of it, but there's a lot of depth to it. And it says here, and I've done this my whole life with the Lord. So this isn't anything that, um, is new for me. But if I had to tell somebody in a nutshell who I am, I would say to them, I build safe communities that nurture creatives at the intersection of intellect, art, spirituality, and social change. That would be my description. But if you know me, know me, you know immersion is all I'm about. So I believe in drowning in things. I drown. You can see it most profoundly in the scribe. Whatever I'm involved in, I lose myself. I drown in the word. I love to drown in prayer. And so I just drown, but that may not immersion should be a part of your life, but it may not be your center. Are you following what I'm saying? What is that? You need to discover what it is because that's what connects you to your purpose. All day long. I like art that will never change and it's not a lower ministry. It's just a different way of expressing God and a different way of expressing him without compromise when you begin to reel back in what you're supposed to be doing. There's too much ink in a lot of the stuff we do, and not enough spirit. Man, we need to say, God, I've been a liar too long. I'm still lying. Liars are not just people who speak lies, but who carry them in their heart and live them out. One of the number one lies we're talking about today is God wrote a book for you, but you're living outside of it. There's no purpose. There's no destiny and I'm not talking a stage. It's not about that. Mm -mm, I'm not mad because I don't have a 50 million audience but there are things that I've done and things that I do. People know not of, it's not about that. Nobody needs to know, right? It's irrelevant. Let them think what they want, but here we are. We tell ourselves we're okay. We believe we're doing just enough, but we are neglecting, ignoring the epistle we were meant to be living in this whole world outside of our design. You all have heard me teach on this in different ways over the years but it's different for me today because I have a new understanding as I get back to my roots. You're going to see me get back to a whole lot of foundational things and purify my ministry all over again. When you get a visitation and when you realize you've been led astray, when you start listening, looking at things differently, how did I get here? My God. All you want is change. Lift it. Listen Mm. has nothing to do with how long you've been saved or who you think you are because before God, I'm just, I'm just a son, which it means a lot, but that's what matters the most, right? So this picture, I like it. I'm always showing you guys pictures because we can be grass and be dead. You see that little spot in the middle, little green, little death. It's like, you got a choice. Do I go this way or do I bend into that way? Am I going to take over the dead grass or is the dead grass going to take over me and some of us in that dead grass zone and this message is telling us today. We need to choose. We need to make, make a decision. We have wasted enough time. Listen. I know how old I am and I've calculated that. That's just how I do. And if we are living according to the promise that we will see God in glory, that's not a lot of time. Do you know the average lifespan? Well, it's about 67 years old. I'm I'm like, if I'm to look at that, I got 10, 15 years. But if we are looking at God. And if we are pushing in this area and letting him purge everything out, I could have 25. I could have 30 more years. I'm claiming that. But are you following me? Are we just gonna lay and die because we can? Are we just gonna lay and die because we can? Because that is what's happening spiritually and naturally with people right here in this room. Death is slowly coming on a lot. Oh my God. Wake up Teresa. Remember I'm talking to myself, right? Don't be in your head talking to think I'm talking about you. It has nothing to do with that. All of us need saving. No more masks. No more masks. We wear the mask that grins and lies. You know that poem. One of the first poems I ever memorized. No more lies. No more lies, Teresa. No more lies, Teresa. No more lies, Teresa. You all repeat in your own name. no No more lies. No more lies. No more lies. No more lies. I only want truth. So Psalm 40 and seven, this is one of my favorite passages. If you ever listen to any of my scribe teachings, I've taught kind of this, but this is everywhere. Even in my teaching, um, on how to become your book, which you really need to listen to after listening to this. Um, because that teaching is all about, I am the scribal anointing. You follow what I mean? I had to become that to teach it. And, and in my life, it's evident that I know what that is. Everybody knows that I know that whoever you talk to around the world that's ever encountered me, they say, nobody knows that like her, She's sent, she's the general over this. I get that all the time, everywhere I go, but I need it in every area of my life. So to say that I can do it in one area and not the other one is a lie. Are you following? So we need to look at that. If you are excelling in one area God gave you and you got on old shoes in another, you haven't invested enough in that area. So this season for me has been about exchange. I don't even have to, I breathe the scribal anointing. It comes as natural to me as walking through that. I hang out with people and they call me two or three days later. I'm writing. I never prayed for them. Man, God is purging my spirit of, of this. Do you know that in this ministry, God, most people, not putting anybody on the spot, they come here, have all been broken through sexual abuse. Every last person almost. Because, are you following me? We have to get to a point where we are not looking, I have to stop looking at the totality of myself because if I do, I get depressed. You can't do that. But if you look at the things that are good, when you look back, oh my God, 20 years ago, I was locked up in a mental hospital. Are you following what I'm saying? And you look at yourself now. I haven't been in a mental hospital in 20 years. Because it's finished in that area. Oh my God. Uh, 10 years ago, I was thinking about getting that degree. Oh my God, I got that degree now and I'm working in my field of expertise. I'm an expert. Are you following me? Oh my God, I wanted to play an instrument and they told me I never could, but I signed up for this drum class. I'm instructing it now. Oh my God. Your worst moment became your greatest testimony. I'll never be a good mom. Look at what I did to my kids. And then you wake up one day and you have good kids. I mean, there is work you can testify to, but there is so much work we still have to do. Psalm 47. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Is that true for you in some area of your life? All right. He has put a new song in my mouth. Do we have a new song today versus the song you had 30 years ago? Are you singing? Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. My brother, before he died in 2014, we were sitting. My brother, my brother died when he was 53 years old. And um, we had been estranged for about 10 years before that. So we were just getting back together, just reconnecting. And he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so one day, I didn't know this would be the last day of my brother's life, the last full day of his life, but I drove down and we were watching the view. (laughs) And we were sitting there and my brother looked over to me and he said to me, he said, Risa, I'm sorry for everything that has ever fallen between us. If I had to do it again, I would do it differently. Listen, he had that chance. And in that moment we reconcile, but I want you to think about something. He could have done it 10 years before that moment. And we could have had 10 great years. Are you following? Listen lies. Lie, 10 years of lies. And no truth. one moment of truth, but a lost opportunity. That's life. And God has given us the opportunity every single day to do something different. I don't know what has happened to me, but I'm going to live. Even if I have to live by myself. Are you following me? My mind has changed. My heart is changing. My vocabulary is changing. Many, oh Lord God, are your wonderful. Nope, let me go back. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and and, and will trust in the Lord. So the last thing my brother said to me was this. He said, I laughed when you told me you were saved. But he said, I watched you, and I know it's real. That was the greatest testimony I have ever received. Cause my brother and I used to club and get drunk together. I mean, he was ten years older than me, but it didn't matter. I'm 19, he 29. We in the club. Are you following me? But verse four said, "Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust, and does not respect the proud." nor such as turn aside to lies. What God wants from us right now is to admit where we are. He can't move if you're not going to be honest about what you are. Your trips to Bali prove nothing to God that you are living. It's a lie. If you're not living in purpose the rewards of the kingdom are so much more meaningful. I remember somebody asked me if I wanted to be saved and I told them no outright and they asked me why I said I can't go to the club no more. I can't do what I want to do and they were like I understand but it's not like that. It was like that for me until I tasted and I saw to be free of torment. To be free of self hatred, to be free of lack of purpose, to be, I mean, my God. I'm telling you, I'm gonna do what they do in the church, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, verse five, it says, no, it says, Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us. Thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in in order. If I would declare and speak them, they are more than can be numbered. Let me just give you an example, a practical example of this. Oh my God, God saved my husband from a near fatal car crash. My daughter was saved from a drunk driver. You know, I've had two surgeries, major surgeries on my knee and I don't need a joint replacement. I'm in my right mind my body is healed. I was given a diagnosis of a tumor and look, there is no tumor in the center of my head. I mean, all we gotta do is remember huh. Oh, and there are more than we could number sacrifice and offerings. You did not desire. Let me fast for 70 days till I just get it. He doesn't require that kind of sacrifice for you to break through. But if you do it, you do it for yourself. Understanding that God doesn't move by your actions, but your heart. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I'm going to read this from the King James Version. It says, then I said, behold, I come in the volume of the book that is written for me. Psalm 139 tells us a powerful story. I'm going to stop here so we we can do that next week. Um, um, There's a powerful story in Psalm 139 about how God knit us in secret. It's about how he numbered all of our days before any of our days ever existed. It talks about how he knows every hair on our head. Do you not think he did not also outline a plan for you? Or is it just a a lie that we believe we're not counted? Hmm. We talk about mind renewal or not, but does it really, a lot, but does it really exist in you? Or is your idea of what we call the apostolic mind here in the conservatory just words and actions, doing things you feel like are apostolic? Or is it really tangible change in your lives? Because we're all supposed to be apostolic. Apostolic people follow a design. You have to follow your design the Lord's design, every breath. When the Lord told me to write the um, scribal anointing and and, you know, and I've shared this before and I don't think it's ever an old testimony because I wrote that book under under my own leaders telling me it was not God. That's not God. Who gonna care about a scribe? They killed Jesus. Scribes have no anointing. Who told you that I even had a leader tell me I'm not covering a scribe ministry, but I cover writers. That was my exit. (laughs) I realized then you don't want no part of me because the thing about it was that's all I did. That's all I knew. And they were constantly, constantly, constantly trying to get me to be what they wanted in that area, I listen to God. Do you hear me? I don't know why I can't even tell you why I was a baby, but I just know I love poems and that's the only thing I did. I'm coming to read a poem, but while I'm reading the poem, I'm seeing these people and they're starting following me. I'm not asking for these people. I'm not looking for these people. I've been saved three years and y'all following me. And I'm bringing y'all to my church and giving you to my pastor. That's what I was doing. But they would leave and come back to me. (laughs) They didn't want that. They wanted the sound and the frequency coming from me. What if I was unavailable? Are you following me? Because we think it's all God and what we hear. People came and changed the trajectory of my life because I answered their entrance. Are you following me? I tell people all the time, be consistent, follow your people because I know it's on the other side, but they won't listen. Cause God didn't tell them, but God did tell you. I have people with me right now that should be where I am or further. But they were waiting on, they wouldn't, couldn't be consistent. All you have to do is obey. I obeyed a poem. One day the poem came with a scripture. One day I said, this don't line up with the scripture that I put with it and I changed it. Then there was an explanation with the scripture, with the poem. Then I was expounding on the scripture and forgetting the poem. Then I was preaching and then I was teaching and then I was leading and then the poems vanished. God didn't need them anymore to lead me out. Some people are still in their first works because they've never stretched. I went three years without able to hear a poem and the whole time I'm crying out to God. I don't hear poetry anymore. People saying you need to write poetry and I wasn't writing poetry and I'm crying and the Lord said you're writing sermons. And you've been writing teachings and you've been getting invitations and you're complaining about a poem. I want all of you. Listen, three years ago, I heard the Lord said, I'm positioning you to be a mother of the in the arts. That's your next level. Oh, well, I'm I'm, I'm an apostle and I don't really have that mother inside. He said, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, a mothering steward, a vanguard, you've elevated now. Your responsibility is to open the door, to set the stage, to provide the foundation. That's what mothers do. That's what fathers do. It's time for you to put people on your platforms. It's time for you to expand the nations. It's time for you. And I'm like, so the new frontier came that conference. We did. I knew that was our last conference. I knew it. And all I've been doing is waiting for the next level to click in my head and it has. But if we don't stretch I'm like, my God, finish this. Do this with me so you don't miss it. Do this, do this. God God leading me another place, and I'm sitting there weeping. But the Lord said, it's okay. You go. Your destiny is never predicated on whether people go with you. Are you following me? Doesn't matter. I have to go. You don't. But I must. Oh my God, I'm coming in the volume of my book now. You know, them early pages were rough. (laughs) Them chapters needed to be burned up. But today I say I come in the volume of the book that is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God, and your law is within my heart. Where is this? It's in Hebrews 10, 5 through 17, and we're going to pick this up next week. But let's stand. Let's stand. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. It's so very important this evening that, um, we come to a place of recognizing where we are. And I, I, you know, we don't need music for this part because sometimes we get all in our emotions. We get in a place where we want to cry and weep and we go home and be the same devil we were when we got here this morning. I mean, you all know the story. There's no change. There's no change. I I preach things that should have tore people's hearts up, but there was no change. Not up to me to give it. I'm not chasing you. I'm not begging. But I'm told some of you leave these TikToks, gossip sites alone because it's reflecting in your life. You're not mature in your head. Just ridiculous. We've got to get to this place where we are willing to purge ourselves of all of this extra stuff. If all you have to do, listen. There's sometimes I record my favorite scriptures myself and play them back while I'm driving in my own voice. I don't believe some things in myself sometimes. What do I do? I rewrite the tape. You have your own list of things you know that are insecure, that you're not secure about. There are dreams you have that you're thinking it'll never happen. Well, speak the things that will happen. And let God take care of the rest. I'm telling you, 2024 is not for the unstable. Don't be found in the chicken yard. Mixing with turkeys. Listen, I grew up on a farm. I know what I'm talking about. They peck you to death. Chickens walking around bald headed. <laughs> Am I kidding, Loner? bomb headed chickens. (laughs) I got lots of stories but I won't go there. But we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like the world. We don't want to be wrapped under the spirit of this age and I just need you to make some declarations behind me. Father in the name of Jesus. I want to know every lie that I've been telling myself. About me. about me. I want, to, I want understand to understand what these lies are, these lies are. And, why and why they have to go. I want your truth. I want your truth. I want your truth, I want your truth. In, my in my inward parts and I want to know your wisdom, know your wisdom. in my hidden parts. those parts that I don't even know know. need to be uncovered. uncovered. Father, Father, I declare declare that today today I am coming coming in the volume of the book book. to do your will. will. In In Jesus name, thank you guys for a wonderful service this evening. Amen. So we're going to open it.